All the men want to be us. All the women want to be with us. Chainsaw Buffet. Hello and welcome to the Chainsaw Buffet podcast, the podcast that is a secret to everyone. <laughs> and, uh, I'm and... glad that you laughed at that the second time. This is not the first time recording this opening. Do I do I have to keep? Yes. I, I have to repeat. Uh, you know, yes. uh, it's dangerous to go alone. Take us and also pay us for the door repair charge. That that last one is kind of an obscure original Zelda reference, which, by the way, early Zelda's best Zeldas. You know. Agreed. Again, you are a Zelda hipster. I'll, I'll even take Zelda two over uh, most three D Zeldas. Why? Why would you not take Zelda two? That was my first Zelda, and it it it's still a great okay. great Zelda. I, I experienced them as they release. I experienced. You know Zelda in in eighty seven and eighty eight, um, and then Zelda two, and God was that just like a slap in the face, because it, you know it's Zelda on the box, so you're thinking you're gonna get Zelda, yeah, and uh, you oh know, boy. you know, I'm gonna be honest though, they did throw, they did try some new things. They tried, you know, you, you could level up three different, you you kind of almost had a tech tree. Like the the rudimentary early early days of a tech tree. Here's the thing, I like. They were experimenting. I started, I believe, if I'm not really mistaken, I started with Zelda two, because as I recall, I had Zelda two. Got it for maybe Christmas. I probably got it for Christmas. Probably about the same time I got the Nintendo. I would I would almost wager. And then I, I as I recall, we bought the first Zelda later off of a guy off of a kid that I was in soccer with. But so I had Zelda two first, and then went back, had to backtrack to play Zelda one. So I probably have a different trajectory. Like for people that start with Zelda one, it's so like Zelda one, oh, it's such a good game. Zelda two, what the hell? Whereas I started low, and then it just went up from there. I I, uh, I don't even want to say low. I just want to say like they're different, and they're like I love all my Zelda children. You know, like, I don't have a favorite. Zelda, but then this is because you started with Zelda 2 like I did. Exactly. Zelda, it was fine because you didn't know about Zelda 1. <laughs> yes. If uh, you had started with Zelda 1, let's just be honest, there's no way you're going to like Zelda 2. But if you start with Zelda 2, you're like, oh, this is a pretty decent game. And then you play Zelda 1, you're like, oh, wow, this is awesome. So for you, it's just an upward swing. It's like, it's like wow, it just keeps getting better. And then you get linked to the past. And it... It, it 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 is a very different trajectory from anyone that started the original. I will say that as I've gotten older, I've gained an extreme appreciation for Zelda 2 and what it did because as Dylan points out, it took major chances in its game design. Um, at a time where RPGs uh, and video games were not as prevalent as they are today and everyone understands the concepts and, uh, you know, if if you played any sort of RPG before, you kind of understand the rules and how everything works. Zelda 2, you know, it had leveling up. It had, you know, attributes and stats and magic. Well, it didn't just have leveling up. It had leveling up in three different areas. Yeah, exactly. And you, you know, could choose which one to put points into. And or sort of. These concepts were so far removed from the first Zelda game. And even just... 
gaming in general to it to an extent at that point in time, except for you know maybe like Dragon Warrior. I don't, I don't Dragon know Warrior, like they, out yet. there's a um, I can't remember uh, the name of the video. It was like History of RPGs or something. I can't remember what group did it, but they were talking about how you know the the PC RPG and the console RPG both kind of have these separate um histories yes. of how they got mm-hmm. where they were. And and I think they even pointed out that when Dragon Warrior came over to the US, most people were not familiar with the concept of an RPG, so much so that Nintendo Power had to do quite a bit of, you know, they had tons and tons of strategy guides and things like that just to prepare you for the concept because whoa, this is different. This is gonna blow your mind. Really? Or something. Agreed. Yeah, if you, if you go back and look at how many issues of Nintendo Power, and I think this may have been when they were doing uh, once every two months. Yeah, that's how it, how it started. Were out. Dragon Warrior or had a Dragon Warrior insert in them? For what, hmm. what's a very, very small game? Like, that was a lot of grinding. And they went back over the same concept several times. So, wow. yeah, it was um, pretty pretty big push to... It was kind of a marketing push to get you know the American market ready. Anyway, that wasn't that's Zelda that's too. okay. Um, part of the reason that we you know sort of went on this Zelda rant is uh, somewhat in in memoriam of uh, the passing of uh, Hiroshi Yamauchi, who passed away this week. Um, really, um, I, I I think not enough credit is given to him. You know, most of the credit goes to uh, Miyamoto deservedly for creating Mario and Zelda and Metroid and, and the franchises that Nintendo built itself on as a video game company. And it's surviving off of now. Yes. Um, but not enough is given to Yamauchi because he took over the company in the 40s when it was a playing card uh, company. And he took over from his grandfather and ran that company for, you know, close to 40 years before video games ever came into the picture. And the fact that he was able to recognize that opportunity and take a chance on entering uh, the home console mar- market after Atari had had its rise and fall and sort of flooded the market. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it was very much a gamble at the time. The fact that he was willing and able to take that risk and took a risk on Miyamoto, who was not a, a game uh, maker by birth. Or, yeah. or by design and had it uh, thrust upon him to take over, you know, some some projects that had uh, gone south. Um, yeah, me, uh, Miyamoto, uh, I, I do feel sort of is standing on the shoulders of Hiroshi Yamauchi that, you know, as, as great as I do think Miyamoto is, he wouldn't have... He just he probably would not have had that opportunity without Hiroshi Yamauchi. No, if somebody else had been running that company, they likely never would have entered the market because you know, it it, it was so uncertain. Nobody could have predicted the kind of success that Nintendo would go on to have. Yeah, I think you're right. Um and there's also um one other passing that I wanted to briefly mention um that is still related to the video game world. Um as people who listen to the show long enough know, we are in the southeastern U.S., um, Knoxville area to be specific. Um, but we interact with a lot of people, you know, through conventions and things like that and our various interests in the region. And a fighting game player from the Atlanta area 
uh, also passed away this week. Uh, he was oh. 27. His name was uh, Richard Warren. He was known as Wing Zero. He came to uh, tournaments here in Tennessee, and of course I've been to tournaments uh, in Atlanta and things like that as well. I didn't know him personally. I don't think I've ever had the, the chance to meet him or talk to him. But I know people that know him because, mm. you know, I do know people, you know, from the fighting game community that I've met in Atlanta, in Nashville, and of course, you know, here in Knoxville as well. Um, so it's one of those things I just kind of want to briefly mention because it's... Uh, How old was he? He was 27. Wow. Um, apparently it was um, natural causes is what they're saying. I don't know that they know exactly what it was yet. Um, wow. But um, something just kind of wanted to, to briefly mention because uh, it's these things happen all the time, but um, in groups like uh, the fighting game community and other fandoms, um, it's always close knit. So okay. it's uh, it's always sad to hear about things like that, and I know that there is no good way to segue from talking about things like this um, other than just to acknowledge it and uh, wish your best to uh, both Mr. Yamauchi and uh, Richard Warren's uh, family and friends and uh, just try and acknowledge it and we'll, you know, unfortunately have to, to carry on with the show as normal. Um, mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, going on from, from heavier stuff, um, wanted to uh, point out, um, because every once in a while we just have to talk about Kickstarter, even though I oftentimes hate it. Um, there, I don't know if you guys saw it, but uh, I don't think any of you guys ever played Mutant League Football on the Genesis back in the day. Never played it, but sorry, um, the, the game was pretty tremendous in its own right. It came out during that era where... Um, if you had an idea that incorporated a lot of violence into a video game, um, some enterprising video game company was likely going to take uh, take you up on it because uh, <laughs> even crappy, super violent games still got made, you know, like uh, time killers and, and crap like that. But Mutant League Football was sort of the uh, the the Madden version of this. Uh, it, was, it was released by EA back in, in the early 90s before EA was EA. Wow. And uh, it had things like you could bribe the ref, and if you realized that the ref was bribed and you were getting called for, you know, flicking boogers or farting or something like that, you could kill the ref and then bribe <laughs> the new ref. Um, it was a pretty tremendous game. Um, so just like real football then? Uh, just like real football, except, you know, no landmines or anything like that. I mean, that. you can't do anything barbaric like put out a, uh, a bounty. A bounty. No, you, you can't put out a bounty on somebody. Um, or or give your give your players performance enhancing drugs. There there are cheats, but they're limited to use. So I guess it I guess you could look at it as, you know, being a member of the Seattle Seahawks, but uh <laughs> you know, and, and Satan is, is one of the coaches, so I guess that might be Pete Carroll. I don't know. Um, anyway. I don't understand that, but sure, it's football and something um, is probably a joke. Pete Carroll, the coach of the Seattle Seahawks, the team who's had six players suspended for PEDs in the last year, and oh. uh, who had a bunch of NCAA violations floating over his head when he skipped town. Wow. Yeah. So he's, he's a winner. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, they have a Kickstarter for this. Um, it is not doing particularly well at at the moment as we speak. It's got a seven hundred and fifty thousand dollar goal. 
Um, it's got 23 days to go as of recording. Um, 30, just shy of 38, uh, or $38,000. So it still has a long way to go. Wow. Um, so what's the Kickstarter for exactly? Like a sequel, a redo? is for a, a sequel by the original creator called Mutant Football League. It's literally just changed far enough to where, uh, it's a separate entity because it's not, you know, EA still holds the rights to that, although they'll never ever do anything with it. Um, if you guys remember, there's a Mutant League cartoon as well. Um, very short-lived. I don't short -lived, think anyone remembers crappy. that. I remember it. It was it sucked. Um, but it was a thing. Um, but I'll put the the link in the uh in, on the on the website in the show notes for this if anybody is interested in in pledging. I know. Uh, I know that at least one person who's already donated to it who played it uh, when he was younger. But any uh, sports game which you can in which you get to in which you can win by forcing the other team to forfeit by killing his players is okay by me. Yeah, that's 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 the the way to hustle somebody in uh, mutant league football. Just uh, turn substitutions on and then run off sides and uh, kill their quarterback over and over until they run out of players. A, a real thing that you can do. <laughs> is there some penalty assessed oh, for that? There's there's a five yard offside penalty for going offsides <laughs> before the snap, but, but not you for can hit, You can hit him after the whistle and kill him. And here's the thing: even if there was a penalty for killing them, which there's not, um, there's still nothing. You know, they're not going to give you points. Yeah, there's, there's no penalty that gives you points, so it becomes a uh, a war of attrition. Like who, whoever whoever goes on defense first wins. Oh, which is why you always just play with substitutions off, so you can kill people uh, without remorse. Oh, the nineties. It was it was it was a simpler time. It was a better time. Yep. Um. In other news, um, one of my favorite uh, publishers, Atlas, um, recently had some financial uh, problems because their parent company filed for the Japanese equivalent of bankruptcy. Um, so they were up for sale, but uh, they have been bought by uh, Sega, which I think is an excellent move by, uh, by both companies because... Um, you know, Atlas gets the money they need to continue uh, doing God's work, bringing over the games from Japan that other companies won't. And uh, Sega gets a, a, a development team under their belt um, that has had probably more hits over the last 10 to 15 years than, um, than Sega has had themselves ever since the, the Dreamcast days, I would imagine. Um, they they've said that as far as you know what Atlas has been doing, um, that business will continue going on as usual, which I think is good because uh, they just need to keep making you know Persona games and uh, Dragon's Crown and crap like that, and uh, the world will will all be hunky dory. And Charlie, are you back? 
Uh, yes, I think so. Okay, awesome, awesome. Somebody uh, else dropping in and out. Yeah, it's, it wasn't you this time, Jay. Congratulations. It it was time for my weekly drop and o the call. It's an Irish <laughs> tradition. It goes back to uh, to ancient family traditions. Oh yeah, I think St. Patrick was the first and <laughs> the first to drop Skype calls. Yes, if I if I recall, I mean, obviously it's all myth and legend at this point, but but did, I believe did, that's the case. Didn't he drop Skype calls to chase the uh, snakes out of Ireland or something like that? I, I recall that being the case. Yes. Um. Okay, so I, I'm going to take a break from uh, some of this other stuff just to briefly mention that Grand Theft Auto Five came out this week. And I don't think anyone on this podcast cares. No, not really. At least not until it hits clearance, right? Thank um, you. You just took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> uh, GameStop's Twitter account asked this week, uh, you know, what is your favorite game, Theft Auto game? Uh, I don't usually reply to corporate accounts, but I uh, couldn't resist replying and saying that Crackdown was my favorite GTA <laughs> game. Oh, good answer. I you know I I understand that people enjoy those games. I've just never found the gameplay in them to be particularly good. Yeah. Um, and it's not the type of storyline or the type you know like this very open world sort of do whatever you want to. There's not really a goal in mind gameplay. Just doesn't do it for me if there's not yeah solid gameplay behind it and the storyline just doesn't catch my interest. So I you know I just it's like okay, you guys go ahead and, and wait in line for Grand Theft Auto Five. I'll I'll wait for something else. Thanks. Even even the yeah. games I like at this point, I don't see the point in waiting in line for them. No, so. I will admit I did really really enjoy um, uh, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. Well, this one I think is set in San Andreas. Okay, I think I'd heard that they were that they were doing. They were at least doing some of those cities again. I didn't know if the whole thing took place in it or 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 what, but but I I did enjoy San Andreas because it was it was pretty fun, and I was playing that. I picked that up for twenty bucks um, when I was working at Walmart, so I needed some kind of escape that let me kill hookers. That was that was how I coped with Walmart. Murder was the only thing, or fake murder was the <laughs> yes. only thing that could could yeah. all the rage inside. But but let's be honest, there came a point where the game for me became less the actual storyline because there came a mission where I was just having a tremendous amount of trouble with. So I stopped really going for that part of the gameplay and rather coming up with a scenario whereby I could call down the full force of the U.S. Army to tra chase me and still beat them. That was that was what I played for was get the army to show up and then steal a tank from one of them. <laughs> that that was tremendous fun, I'll be honest. But that's very limited gameplay. You don't make a game out of just that, although you probably could. Oh, good times. Um, speaking of which, um, speaking of things that none of us have any actual interest in, <laughs> I wanted I wanted to point out that over the last couple of weeks, AMC has announced two new shows that are spinoffs of existing shows. Mm -hmm. um, one for The the Walking Dead and another one for Breaking Bad. And, huh. you know, again, I don't watch a lot of American TV. I just don't. 
Um, especially now that Burn Notice is over and Law and Order is over, and you know, it, it's it's like I watch uh, you know Adult Swim and you know some live TV. You know, I'll watch sports or something, but don't watch a lot of scripted dramas. Although I might catch that uh, Agents of Shield show and see if that's any good. Yeah. Um. But everybody seems to think that uh, AMC right now is this unstoppable hit-making juggernaut, and I'm starting to wonder if maybe they're running out of ideas. Well, no, because I... because you can't have like a Mad Men, and a Walking Dead, and a Breaking Bad, and then just expect something else to fall into your lap. So. I think I think part of the problem is I want to say this is like their first generation of original shows. Certainly, the first ones that have really broken out was those. I think you're directions. right those three shows. So, and, and they all were received really well. So they're kind of at a point where, you know, they're actually, it's almost like they're hurt by their own success. I think you're right. You know, cause they, they have to follow. It's like a really good, you know, first album that you have to follow up with a sophomore release. And it's yeah. usually not as great as the first because I, uh, I, I think it would do them. I think it would serve them better to go in a different direction, though. Probably than so. trying to cling to uh, Breaking Bad, and uh, I I don't know when Walking Dead will end. I don't think it's going to be anytime soon. I know Mad Men's going to end soon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, th- those are great shows. Be happy. Go find something else. Yeah, you know, I don't, mean, don't don't make a Mad Men spinoff next. Just, I, just stop. Now I will grant you that from what little I know or have seen of Walking Dead, that at least seems like like to me that seems like a universe that there are a lot more stories in. So I mean, the, a spinoff could make sense there. In as as long as, and this is just my opinion that you're not trying to make the exact same show. Like if you take that universe and rather than even trying to spin off one of the characters, you just make a completely different show, a completely different story that's taking place in that universe. That might not be a bad universe to play around in, but I don't, I don't know. I, and I know, again, I know pretty much nothing about Breaking Bad. I mean, I, I, the basic storyline, but as far as plot points, I don't have a clue, really. I know it's got I know it's got the guy from Macross Plus and Castle of Cagliostro in it. Well, that's, yeah, that's obviously. Everybody, everybody's familiar with, with his work. Um, clearly. He's such a hilarious guy, you know? He's, yeah. He's he uh, Malcolm in the middle. He's so, he's so funny when he's making... Everything, yeah, everything, he do, everything he does is a stitch. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't... I... I, I, I I don't know what they're going to spin off from that. Like they, it is about his lawyer who is played by Bob Odenkirk. So I've no, I've never seen it to know what that character is like, but I get the feeling that it's got to be like weirdly funny. That just seems like an awful idea. I'm just gonna be honest. I, <laughs> I don't know, and I, I'm speculating. I, I'm speculating. I have, have only nothing against Bob Odenkirk. I think he's a very funny individual, very talented individual. I. Is I I just don't imagine I can't imagine a scenario, and granted, not knowing the show, don't know the character, cannot comprehend a scenario in which case a spinoff show about a meth dealing chemistry teacher, um, about his lawyer could possibly be in any way entertaining. 
I, I don't I, know. I've never seen it to know what the character is like. Even and how so, he figures in. Even so, I, I just, I don't know. Spinoffs are tricky things, and I think more often than not, they are probably awful. Yeah, and and the 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 example I keep coming back to with with these two, having never seen these two, but having watched a few other dramas, is like trying to spin Caprica off of Battlestar Galactica. They they, it's like they wanted to capture that, you know, that crazy unexpected hit again, and yeah. you can't really do that from dredging up this, you know, this you know or the I'm same. Just- I'm just going to say what we're all thinking. Best spinoff of all time was Newhart off of the Bob Newhart show. There, <sighs> That was retconned as a spinoff. That was, the best sh- that was the best that, show ending ever? It was. I won't call it a spinoff. No, it was. It was. That, that last episode makes it a spinoff. It's the spinoff that catches you off guard. It's a roundhouse kick of a spinoff to the face, um, which makes it fantastic. Best spinoff ever. There, I said it. I don't know. I I think Attack on Titan is a great spinoff from uh, Remember the Titans. <laughs> you make it okay. You you do make a really good case for that. I'll be I I will I will readily admit. Because because I just watched uh, the episode that went up for free because I don't pay for shit. I just watch ads because I'm broke. Um, and that yep. was an excellent episode. I I did you know, I would say I didn't see that coming, but I did see it coming about five episodes ago. So. There is that, but you know, it's still an excellent show. I enjoyed it. So I think both of those are probably the best spinoff of all time. I don't know if anybody else can think of a better spinoff. Agreed. Anybody? Anybody? Uh, nah. See, I'm See trying that. to think. I'm trying to think of of spinoff. There's a couple of spinoffs, especially in classic TV, that like you don't realize are spinoffs, such as. I clever off of um, yeah. Happy Days, yeah, something like that. Like how Burn Notice is a spinoff of Evil Dead. <laughs> <laughs> you can't disagree with it. It's it's kind of true. Like how Arrested Development is a spinoff of Happy Days. Yes. <sighs> you know, because, actually, because Ron Howard. I, I will. I will throw this out here. If I had to see a, if I had to watch a spinoff show about some guy's lawyer, I would want a spinoff show of Henry Winkler as um, hen, uh, Carl Zuckerkorn from Arrested Development, with with a, um, you know, with guest appearances by Scott Bayo as Bob Blah Blah, with his uh, law blog. Speaking of uh, great spinoffs, I'm going to close on this one. Gomer Pyle, US, yes, uh, USMC. That's the type of that's the type of stuff I'm talking about. Where you know, I guess especially if you're not as familiar with classic TV, you wouldn't realize that a lot of these things all do weirdly interconnect. Would Inspector uh, Gadget be a spinoff of Get Smart? It should be. Could yes. Be if it tried. You mean it wasn't? I. That's a good question. I mean, I guess it it. It is in a number of ways. It it was never intended to be. It's probably more a ripoff than a spinoff. But can it be a ripoff when they actually get the same guy to do the voice of the I same think, character? I, I think I, I think so because the ripoff 
doesn't come from the actor. The ripoff comes from the writer or creator. So if you're not the writer or creator and you create something that is, and that actually makes it worse. So you what you're saying is, I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how this connects. What you're saying is Inspector Gadget is actually Maxwell Smart, and I'm assuming Dr. Claw is actually De the Craw. The Craw, yes. Not the Craw, the Craw. Um, More or less. I mean, and... let's just say that it is. Let's say, let's say Maxwell Smart got in a really horrible accident, forgot his own name, and became... And they went Gadget. RoboCop on him back before yes. RoboCop was a thing. Before RoboCop was RoboCop, Inspector Gadget was RoboCop. Yes. While people and, and I'm assuming that um, you know Chief Quimby is the the successor to the Chief. The mm. Chief. See. After much deserved retirement, he's obviously younger. And then later, <laughs> uh, he gets elected mayor of Springfield. See, it all comes together. Uh, yes. Um, so, Everything so the Simpsons is a spinoff of Inspector Gadget. Simpsons, obviously, <laughs> I, I, I will, Simpsons, Simpsons is technically though a spinoff of the Tracy Ullman show. Yes, the terrible, terrible Tracy Ullman show that nobody remembers, and with good reason because nobody was watching Fox in the eighties. Nope. What about uh, Arsenio? People were watching that. I was he eighties? I thought he was early nineties. Late eighties, early nineties. I don't think we're watching him in the eighties. Neither, neither does anyone else. But I, I didn't watch a lot of talk shows to begin with, so. And Arsenio was on very late. I actually would stay up occasionally to watch it. <sighs> All right, uh, enough. Uh, good old days. Enough about this crap. Um, that discussion didn't go anywhere uh, like the pre-discussion in the email thread did, which is kind of sad and kind of awesome at the same time. I, I'm glad. I'm it's glad we could awesome. do that. That's trademark Chainsaw Buffet. Um, not going wanted, anywhere? No. Wanted to speaking of not going anywhere, I wanted to briefly mention um, Funimation's uh, announcement for one of their uh, upcoming releases. They're going to try out a sub-only release which uh, I think that's I think that's satanic as it is because you know, I, for certain for certain shows I think it makes sense. Especially, not, not, I never think it makes sense to release a sub only DVD, especially today. I I think you can release sub only. Well, I think you can do sub only as a test for whether the show before you put the time into redubbing it. I think, but but I don't think you can do a physical release. I think you can do. I think it. I think it makes it does make sense to do a digital release. Well, yeah, that's of, that's what the simulcasts are. But they're doing a physical release of a subtitle only show, which I think is just. But the impression I get from this show is it's kind of niche. Well, we're we're going to get to that because you you sent me a link to something that I want to share with the world. Um, but first, um, yeah, they they said they're doing this as sort of a test run. Um, to see if that's something that they can do, although they, you know, of course, you know, stress that they'll still be doing dubs of shows and that, uh, you know, if you want a show to be dubbed, you should, you know, support it on the official, you know, Hulu channel or, or Funimation's website, which which I do for uh, the shows I want to see dubbed, like Attack uh, on Titan, obviously, or uh, uh, The Devil is a Part-Timer. I, th I think what they're recently. saying is, guys, 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 be no, cool. No don't be a douche. Be no, cool. here. Uh, th thanks to Dylan. Uh, Dylan came across this on Twitter. 
This uh, was there, retweeted by Daryl Surratt, I believe, there, where there I came is, across it. There is a tweet of, you know, what Funimation said, which was a link to the to the press release, and then what they really mean. And uh, this is this is what uh, what they really mean according to this uh, to this image. Um some very important information about our ONI release. We're not going to bother dubbing this shit because the name of the fucking show is As Long As There's Love, It Doesn't Matter If He's My Brother, right? And normal people don't want to watch <laughs> shit about incest. You weren't going to watch this show dubbed anyway, yet you're still going to complain about it on forums and Twitter, aren't you, Neckbeard? Fuck you, <laughs> pay us 30 bucks and shut up. Wait, normal people don't? Define normal. I, I don't know. That... Are you are you trying to admit something, Chad? Is this like, oh yeah, that, that sounds right up my alley. I, I I'm not saying I haven't written uh, Charlie and Liz fan fiction, but you know, I'm also not saying that I haven't. Hey, but exactly, everybody's done that. I can confirm or deny oh? nothing. Everybody writes fanfic about me. It's it's natural. Well, considering my, my... Considering my one true pairing is you with Liz, okay? That's that's just you know that's what I like. I'm not going to judge you. I, I was going to say, considering that you do have this alternate reality concept, you 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 you've written fan fiction about yourself and given yourself a bear called <laughs> crunch bite. You know. Let's be honest. Everybody everybody writes fanfic about themselves. It's called what we tell other people. Exactly. That is true. Wow. That. Yeah. Yeah. Shit just got deep. Yes, yes, yeah, Dylan. And we're back in. You deal with that. <laughs> Shit just got deep. You Whew. just you just made you just made a startling discovery about your own person. <laughs> about your deepest, we, deepest soul. We are all fan fiction writers, and yep. the fan fiction we write about is ourselves. Yep. Dylan may start vomiting. If you start hearing a, <laughs> an odd noise in the background, dear listeners, uh that is Dylan vomiting as he realizes that he has written fanfic. Yep. Oh, so so we're we're not horrified at the fact that we are lying to ourselves about ourselves. We are horrified at the fact that that is technically fan fiction. Yes. yes. That is so so twenty first so, century. So true. That is that is such a modern concept. Like we're not bothered by the fact that we have this uh, fake self that we present to other people. We're bothered by the fact that it's technically fan fiction, and you know the kind of people who write that. Well, that God makes sense. I love Throughout the centuries, people have had an issue, have, have struggled with the concept that the self they present to the world is not the self that they really are. We have just reframed that for this century. Yes. We were just putting a new label to it. Exactly. Uh, and we just got existential up in this bitch. Mm-hmm. So well, that's deep. All, and not just that. All, all, uh, all the lies that we tell ourselves about ourselves is author insert Mary Sue fan fiction. <laughs> yes. Hmm? <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> Take deep breaths, Dylan. It's not. It's not gonna wash off. Um. <laughs> don't what? don't worry. Dylan's just coming down from a very serious mind fog. <laughs> that, that's 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 so brilliant, and I like I don't want to like I don't want to know that. I don't want that to be a weapon in my arsenal that I can point out to someone. Like, you know, you're you're clearly you're not accepting reality, and you know why? 
because you're writing fan fiction. <laughs> I think that's a good way to end and or start a Facebook argument. Well, I've actually heard I've actually heard people make the uh, the comparison, especially with with a lot of politics of fantasy role playing. Like, you know, you know, I'm a tenth level wizard. Keeping the dragons away is fundamentally the same as you know. I'm a patriot, you know, defending our rights against the left, the right, whoever your your enemy of choice is. Yep. But fan fiction is a new one for me. There you go. Enjoy. Enjoy. Oh, <laughs> Jinx. I, I will, uh, since, since we're mentioning fan fiction, I... Um, oh, I, God. I, I think this is <laughs> Here important we go. to point out. I, I started watching through The Next Generation... Uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation on Netflix, and I'm I'm surprised in the intervening years just how much uh, of the show fan fiction writers were able to go back and replace with fan fiction because some of it definitely plays out as such. There's there's I, a lot of pairings. I I would just like to remind the audience at home that Tasha Yar fucked a robot. That that, that happened. You cannot write that fanfic because it already is official. But Dude, but also that's real, that's only embarrassing for data. Also, <laughs> also, Captain Picard was a quintessential '80s woman, also, and who would want to get with that? Also, uh, Captain Picard uh, had a hand um, accidentally, of course, uh, um, in the in the death of Beverly Crusher's husband. Yet she still has a thing for him, and uh, Riker is obviously like and right. He, he has he has a thing with Troy, but he she's Troy is obviously like the woman that he goes to when he can't get anyone else. And it's like, <laughs> oh, it's much. serious. He they have this deep thing, but man, I'm gonna go screw the uh, head of this uh, ambas this uh, this head of state over here on this ambassador uh, mission. Uh, You're cool. Yeah, but I, Riker the, was the Kirk of Next Generation. Thank you. Somebody had to sleep with the green women, and Patrick Stewart, God bless him, you know. Had more self-respect. Right. Not so much anymore, but... No, but I think he's earned it. Oh, yeah. I mean, he can, he, you, you, he will, you can pay him to say absolutely anything, and I will, I, you know what, I will not judge him for that. I think we can all get behind that. Yeah, um, I would say anything for money. That's right. In fact, uh, advertisers, if you'd like an opportunity um, on on a uh, podcast with nowhere to go but up, uh, <laughs> send your dollars and your emails to podcast@chainsawbuffet.com. If you want to reach tens and tens of people, most of whom are us, ones and ones it, of people. It, let's 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 be honest here. Here's here's how this will work. You pay us lots of money, then we'll tell two people, and they'll tell two people. It's, it's, it is the investment opportunity of a lifetime. It's it's kind of like banner advertising back in say ninety eight ninety nine. I mean, you saw how well that all turned out. Listen, these these uh these podcast things can take off overnight. Yes. Um. Any day, any day, things will be different for us, and yeah, you do not want to be left behind on this opportunity. You're writing fan fiction again, John. <laughs> he could go viral. At absolutely any moment. I may already be viral. I so, may have already been left behind. I, I, I think we're all patient zero at this point. <laughs> well, um, we're all carrying something. Anyway. 
moving on. Hooray! Uh, Tokyo Ooh. Game Shows this weekend. There weren't really a lot of big announcements like I was hoping there'd be. There's just a lot of announcements about games that are have already been announced. I'm not going to go into all of those. If if you're a fan of those games, you can follow follow the uh, the updates for those games yourself. Um, did want to point out um, they did uh, officially say that Gaikai would launch uh, sometime in 2014, um, which will be cool, I suppose. It, it will be some measure of backwards compatibility for the PS4. Um, oh. As well as, uh, you know, uh, increasing uh, the value of the Vita for those who want to invest in it. Um, also did see um, an announcement where they're bringing uh, the newest JoJo's Bizarre Adventure uh, game to the U.S., which, you know, is a little surprising because nobody's touched that license here in the States since Capcom did sometime in the 90s when they made fighting games about anything and everything. <laughs> Um, but the, the funniest reaction I had, uh, I saw to this was, uh, people who have imported the game because they were so certain it wasn't going to get a U.S. release, uh, now not really being happy because they imported the game and paid a premium for a game that's, uh, ostensibly going to be coming out here in the States, uh, at some point in the future. Nice. Um, somebody, um, on Twitter said, Hey, do you think you guys could tell me, you know, before I import it next time? And my reaction, although I didn't say anything uh, at the time, was I, I think that's technically what they just did. They can't announce something before they, you know, before they make an announcement. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, I can understand being mad that that you paid extra for this game. That's that's the. Risk but at of the time, you did so. Exactly. That's, that's, exactly. So I, 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 I get the I've anger. I, that before. I understand it, but you can't be mad at the game company. You can be mad at the timing. You cannot be mad at the company because you wanted to have it. You went to these links to get it. You made that decision. And yeah. th that could happen with any game. Yep. Um, you just you just bet on the wrong horse is basically what you did. Yep. So I mean, be mad at yourself. Be mad at the timing. Be mad at the universe. You can't and, be mad at the company. And maybe try and sucker somebody else into buying the game online that hasn't realized it's getting an import yet. Because there's always some sucker out there that doesn't keep up with the news. Wow, I didn't even think of that. That's pretty smart. That too. Um, I've I bought toys before that were imported that we didn't know we were going to get a US release in and then they did and I'm like, well, okay, I paid a premium, but I had it before it was released over here at least. Yeah. So I had it in that time period and that that's kind of the way that I think of it. And that's a good point. It's like, you know, be happy that you got to you can at least say I got to play this before, you know. I got to play this in a language I can't understand before anyone else did. Well, hopefully if you're that big a fan that you're importing games, it doesn't matter to you that you can't understand it or you have the the wherewithal to understand it. Yeah, if I don't know, if you're if you're that sort of fan, you may actually be happy that you didn't like you would have passed on the US release anyway cuz it's not not the same. Yeah. Um Shoutouts to uh, to Mike and the Game Marks podcast. Um, or you guys don't even do a podcast anymore, do you? It's just all videos now, right? Well, he switched to um, 
where he was just doing like a short 20 minute podcast or something just him yeah wow videos. wow did he dump you no. i didn't know he, he, dumped, so... he dumped dylan and sicily his oh, own wife holy crap wow no 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 i, I think a lot yeah, of people sleeping on the couch and that did we he say get... it's not me, it's you, <laughs> or it's not you, it's me? Like, what was his what was his reasoning? Um, you know, I'm, I'm gonna keep doing kind of a podcast. I, you yeah. don't have to show up for it because though. we were doing like two hour podcasts, and they didn't necessarily need to be. Because for one thing, I didn't I didn't um, do all of the like I didn't keep up on all of the news. Well, well Mike could have cut it down to an hour if he'd stopped the first. You know, doing the microsoft sucks and doesn't care about xblig for the first well you know we, we could we could probably uh we could probably cut our podcast down if we never talked about uh g uh, game boy or uh vita or etc etc approved there there is a long Let's list of, speak of, of them stuff again. Um, <laughs> most cares. but also like he had surgery several months ago and is still like recovering and yes having follow-up stuff that's his I think he's doing a lot. Okay. I, I don't know. I think that kind of disrupted the flow. And also, he's been doing a lot of other things. Like, we just recently started a Knoxville Raspberry Pi meetup. And Any, anyway, I sometime in the past... I uh, prefer the strawberry tart meetup. Sometime in the past, Mike and I, for Game Marks, did a Let's Play of Bayonetta. And I don't know when that will hit YouTube. I assume it will be someday, maybe in 2014. But the reason I bring it up is that they announced uh, Gonzo is making a Bayonetta anime. Huh. Uh, so everyone, uh, you know, enjoy the shit out of that. I will, I will post a trailer. Um, huh. I, as long as it's not like... Uh, here, here is the video game, and here is the anime based on the video game. I think it, it has a pretty good chance to be interesting. Um, although I did enjoy uh, the the Persona 4 uh, anime, it very much follows along with the game, so it was kind of like there's not there's not really any surprises. You're not uh. you're not learning anything new, but it looks interesting. We'll we'll see what happens. We'll see uh, if anybody. Pick, you know that that seems like maybe a Funimation thing. You know maybe they can pick up on that because they did. Uh, they licensed the the Halo anime and uh, the Dragon Age and Mass Effect stuff. So hmm. that seems like it's up their alley. Um, we do have um, a couple of new segments for you guys this week. But before we do that, I wanted to get to an email we got from uh, our good friend Nico, who uh, runs media for uh, MTAC and GMX and uh, Shadow Emperor. G yes, he is. He is the Shadow Emperor. Uh, shout outs to uh, GMX. Uh, it's coming it's up to, uh, November first, I believe. Yes, yeah. um, we will be there in some capacity. Looking um, forward to it. I have two panels. So, so, so go happened. to Dylan's panels. Um, they will be the ones that probably take place on Sunday afternoon and have nobody in there. Oh no, they're not. They're, they're a little bit better than last time. I'm hey, he might gaming. get three. He might get that, that coveted three a.m. slot on uh, Saturday night, Sunday morning. So let's not count him out. Is is that a joke? I'm not sure who's getting made fun of. GMX scheduling or me or, or what? I think the relationship. <laughs> yes. The the obvious abusive relationship you have with GMX scheduling. Is there a relationship I have that isn't abusive in some capacity? No. no. Okay. There you go. 
No, that's what makes it good fan fiction. Uh, uh, hey, it worked hey, Twilight. But um, Nico did uh, send us an email this week. Uh, the subject line is Awesome Cast Suckzors, which I, I tend to agree with because they said that Charlie was the best of the bunch. Um, so, you know, that's that's fine, Basil. That's you know, I, I'm going to throw this out here. He tweeted also that there seemed to be a war going on, and we're, I think it's not a war so much as a uh, very snarky bromance between Charlie and Basil. But maybe he sent the exact same. Maybe he sent Awesome Cast an email that said Chainsaw Buffet Suxers. He's the Shadow Emperor. There has to be a conspiracy here. Oh yeah, he's. Possible. Oh yeah. There's no chance in hell that Nico's not playing both uh, both sides of this. I I agree. Um, he is duplicitous. The the body of the email says, except they're right about One Piece. This is obviously targeted at me, uh, in my in my disdain for the show. So here here I'm going to uh, lay down the gauntlet for uh, for all the One Piece fans listening out there. Are we going to start a segment called Why Nico's Wrong? No. Um, <laughs> uh, although I guess we could theoretically, if you if you if you wanted that to be your uh, weekly segment, Charlie. Um, it could be about anything, um, including things that don't <laughs> regard to Nico at all. Um, that would be awesome. But here's what I'm going to do, because, uh, you know, it's possible for, for reasonable people to disagree on things. That's fine. You know, I understand that people like it. I understand it's a whoa, popular whoa, whoa, whoa. show. If people always follow that up with, except in this case, it's important that you agree with me. No. Okay. Uh, that is not what I'm going to say. What I'm going to say is I'm going to issue a, a challenge. Um, I want the people out there that are One Piece fans, uh, from the episodes that are available in English dub on Funimation's website or on Hulu, I want you to find me an episode arc that you think I will enjoy based on what you know about me. Um, suggest it to me, and I will watch through as much as I can bear, <laughs> and I will give you a, a reasoned and rationed review of it when I finish. I dare someone well, to even suggest an episode. I would if they can find no, one episode. No, because it here's the thing. Like narrowing it down to to a single episode would be unfair because of the way that show is. You know, it's like it's like watching an episode of Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, it's it's not going to work. It's not it's not like um wandering samurai arc of Rurouni Kenshin where there's one or two really good single episodes and then they're like four to five episode arcs thrown in there yeah um, so so pick out an arc i will watch through it uh as i can and then i will you know report back my findings and then you know if, if i come across as being unreasonable that's on me do you have to watch the entire arc or can you uh as, as much as much as i can stand. okay so it can't be but, basically they shouldn't pick out an arc that is starts out weak but they swear gets good by the end Right, like they 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 have to they have to find something that they think I'll enjoy, and you know if if it takes forever to to get somewhere, I'm I'm going to point that out in my review. So that that is my challenge to to the listeners if they want to point something out. Like I said, free and dubbed. Those those are my only stipulations. I think there's I think there's you know at least a number of episodes out there that meet those criteria. Because um, Funimation is very generous with uh, their their releases online, which I appreciate. Um, I've watched like two shows in the last couple of weeks uh, completely online. There, just watching ads and stuff and uh, supporting them that way. 
Um, so if you guys want to want to take me up on that challenge, uh, we'll go. We will go. And, and, and uh, again, don't even bother submitting if your argument, if your counter argument is going to be no. But I swear, it really gets good at the you end. Know, like like forty episodes into the arc, you know, it yeah. gets really good. I mean, because if know. if you can't get through even, I mean, if you're even twenty five percent in, and it is just absolute crap. You know, you're not going to continue, and that's that really is. You can't argue for the arc at that point. You can't say, "Oh no, it's really great," um, because most people, most normal, most people who aren't fans of the show are not going to make it into and, the part and, that's good. And don't say the uh, the Davy back arc. That's that. I don't know if it's still on Toonami or not because I haven't been watching the show when it's on. Because uh, I watched an episode of that and I'm like, I'm right the fuck out on this. Let's next. You know you. We'll we'll check back in on on One Piece here in about six more months and see if you're doing something different that isn't stupid. This you're is a, a this is an interesting really challenge a, though for punishment, aren't you? I am. No, no, no. I think this is a really interesting. I mean, it's one thing to call a show crap and then to say, okay, you know, for what it's worth, and I, 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 you know, some of the people that are that I know who are fans are reasonable people, and if you can, if you can, if you think you can change my mind about it, I, I mean, how many people are going to be big enough? To say, you know, I am willing to change my mind if you can make a well-reasoned argument. And to be fair, I think a lot of a lot of things take some effort to get into. There's very little that just like, oh, you know, it's you, know, you pick it up and magically you think it's the greatest thing ever. I understand, and that's and that's that's the reason for the challenge because maybe I've not caught the right arc, maybe I've not caught the right episodes. I don't know, but uh, I think you know, it's going to be very interesting, whatever the result. Either way. Yeah, you, you even if should... it is, even if it doesn't, in John's permanent madness, my my madness has been solidified long before I met any of you. Um, True. Anyway, how uh, many that's... sanity points do you lose for watching an episode of One Piece? Uh, not nearly as many as you do for living with a uh, a wannabe televangelist. This for is true. Eighteen years. That's There's true. nothing that One Piece can throw at you at this point. No, there's there's nothing it can do to me that life hasn't already done. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, I am happy to uh, to announce that we have a couple of segments for you this week. Um, Dylan, I don't know that you've named it. I uh, I just I I played a game and wanted to talk about it for a while. I can actually wait until after Chad's because I figure Chad's gonna go on for okay for a while. I. Uh, well, I don't know. That depends on you guys. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, Chad's segment, not Chad, is going to go on for a while. Well, Chad, Chad uh, really gave us a, a forum to do something that really we should have been doing this entire time, which is talk about our, uh, pen and paper RPGs more often. Um, so it started as an idea for like an entire podcast, but I'm like, you know, we're gonna have to wait for like a, a dead week or something like that. And I'm like, you know, let's let's just you know do like a topic a week, and we'll we'll turn it into a segment. So, Chad, what is what is your question for us uh, in this yet to be named RPG discussion? Yeah, well, I mean, we can if if things pan out, we can always expand this into general paper and die stuff. It's just that generally it doesn't generate as much in the way of current events as the uh, you know as anime or video games, right? But uh, as for old-fashioned paper and dice RPGs, I'd, I'd, what what we'll do is we'll throw out a question and everybody kind of give their opinion or their answer on it, and we can kind of hash it out from there. 
But the question for this week is, what paper and dice RPG have you always wanted to play and have never gotten to? And why have you never gotten to play it? And probably never will. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've got the simplest answer, Go. I'm guessing. I think I've actually played almost everything I've wanted to at least once. Um, honestly, I wish I could have played a long-running campaign of either Call of Cthulhu, Wheel of Time, um, probably a modern game like World of Darkness, or back when I played WoW, the, the Warcraft R D20 RPG. But that's the, the reason I never did was because those are all so very, such specific worlds. And if you're not into it, yeah. you know, you won't get the game. Whereas something like D&D is kind of open and it can be whatever you need it to be. Um, aside from that, the only RPG book I own that I think I have absolutely never played, never even rolled up a character for, was I bought uh, Ars Magica at McKay's a long time ago. And the pseudo-historical setting seems really cool, but... Mm. A lot of other games fill that gap. So anyway. Who's next? You are. Uh, oh. Or John. I think John uh, was going to speak up. No, I was going to say somebody else. Well, for me, and 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 I think the other big reason, the Dylan's, I'm going to preface this with, you know, Dylan's reason of it's a very specific, the ones that he didn't get to play were very specific worlds that if you weren't really into, you probably weren't going to be into the game or wouldn't be as likely. The other big reason I could see any of us citing, and this is going to be my reason, is that it's a world that you really wanted to play, but you were the only one with the books and nobody else was going to run yes. it. That, I, I guarantee those, those would be probably the two big reasons that any of us would give. Um, my game, my well, because you're Chad. My game, it would have to be um, sort. Well, both of them. There, well, I, one game, World of Darkness. But I, I did get to play uh, many, many years ago. Had a long-running werewolf game that was really, really great. One of my favorites. Um, but the one that sticks out to me that I, I hated not getting to play was when they rebooted world of darkness and they redid changeling because changeling was a game that I didn't really like we played the world of darkness games. I don't know that I ever played a changeling. I had the books and I, and I did find it kind of interesting, but, and I, and I didn't necessarily care for the fact that they were rebooting world of darkness. That said what they did with changeling was just so good. Um, because they really reimagined it as sort of like how the dream world affects the real world. And there's this sort of fairy realm that is really these sort of godlike creatures that exist off of human dreams. And they can, they've styled themselves some as fairies, some as gods. And they are just these psychopathic creatures that are completely absorbed with themselves. And over the millennia, as long as basically humans have dreamed, um, their world will bleed over into ours and they will abduct people and either make them toys or servants, slaves, animals, just to serve their will and completely break people. And you play these creatures that have escaped that world, that are really no longer human. Um, and in most cases, 
when you were abducted, you were replaced by something that looked and sounded exactly like you. So if you ever did try to to retrieve, re- reclaim your life, you would find it extremely difficult. And it was, it was, it felt, I mean, I don't know. It had kind of a Shyamalan ion darkness to it, but not bad. Um, but I, 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 oh man, I really, really loved what they did. But I was like, I, I don't want to run this game. I want to play this game. Um, so that would be mine. For me, for me, there's not like a game in terms of mechanics and things that I've wanted to play that I haven't gotten to play at least once. But I think more in terms of setting, um, I've I've been interested in um, playing the Dark Sun setting, uh, particularly uh, for D and D Fourth Edition, um, because it's it's very silence heavy, and I've always been a fan of uh, silence over uh, traditional arcane magic, just because I I kind of like the the mental powers aspect of it. I don't know why I've always just found it fascinating. Dark Sun's a good uh, setting. Dark Sun's I, I, a really good setting, but it's in a lot of ways it's really much a it's really a product of its times. It was kind of like the early '90s environmentalist, you know, Captain Planet movement applied to fantasy right. RPGs. But, is what it is. It's magic sucks the environment dry. But you, well, that, no, but no, because if you recall, you had two schools of magic more or less. But there were the defilers and the a preserver is harder yes. though, is so, much harder, and so. It, it's a metaphor for the technology. And, and again, it, it, it's very cool because it is very, it, it's very much a relic of that time period. But I think it's still, I, I like it. Still, I think it still plays. I mean, I think it's still a good setting. There's not a lot of settings. Oh, it still does. Quite like it. So I think it's still, I think it still sets out as unique. I mean, you've got like, what was it? Uh, where the, the halflings were cannibals. Halflings are cannibals, and elves are running savages. And yes, and you've got these weird mutant half breed half breeds that were created by the ancient sorcerer kings, like the half giants and the moles and all of the rest. And you've got the really weird, the really weird races that wouldn't fit in in a normal setting, like the Thrycrane. Oh, freaking love the Thrycrane. See, I mean, I love their magic system. I love the defi- oh, yeah. preserves. I like that there were psionics. I like the way they they did the um, the sorcerer kings and the nation and the city states rather than like nations. And I, sorcerer kings that send becoming dragons. All all of that. I mean, there was. I I just I loved everything about that setting. In fact, I I kind of kicked myself a little bit. Recent last time we were at McKay's. And I found the second edition Dark Sun campaign setting, and it looked like it had everything. And it really did. It was it was almost uh, untouched. Oh, yep. it was in such good condition, and it was only like got, bucks. Yeah, I've got the PDF of it and the third edition conversions. I've I've never I have not played it since second edition, but that is such a good pick that I've never actually gotten to play it. It that is some some of the best games in like junior high. That I had some of the, the best like w- sessions, gaming sessions, were were done with Dark Sun. So I, I, there's a special place in my heart for that setting. You guys actually hit on two of the ones that I've had and never gotten to play, but which are what? 
but I'd I'd have to say that the one I that I'd have to put on this list because I'm never going to get to play it because it's one of those things that I don't even know that it's one of those things I would like to try but I'm not certain with. Um, the game is actually is called Little Fears and it's basically Call of Cthulhu with children as the protagonists. Holy it's, crap! It's it's children. I'm sure this wouldn't go poorly in like the first oh, ten minutes of us playing the old kids. Oh, oh, it's one of those that it takes an it it's one of those games that it it acknowledges in the in the book that it takes an incredibly uh, uh, focused and mature group of players. And well, there's why we'll never play it. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. It it's one of those that well, it's one of those that it it really is it's kind of Call of Cthulhu with children. It's it's kids it's an RPG focused around kids fighting the closet monster. Except that it's deadly serious. And it delves into a lot of a lot of real world stuff dealing with things like like child abuse and how it relates to the supernatural side of things. And it's a very cool idea and it could be really rewarding to play or to run in terms of the storytelling, but it is not something that a lot of people and I, and I myself included would be comfortable with. Yeah. I got to agree with you. I mean, it sounds it, it does it come across as a game that if you play it right, it would be very good, but it would be very hard to tread that line. It would be is the system is really, really cool in that it ties into the into the player characters as children and the way the characters are built. It's it's a really good it, it's a really good uh well put together game but i know that it's not one that and even speaking for myself are not comfortable with the newer edition is supposed to be is supposed to be lighter and not as um soul crushingly bleak is the way i would put it but i have not seen it yet it's i have not seen it gotten it i think i think i could i could uh i think i could work with that I I think it would be like well, well more more because of how uh, how things were like for me growing up. Indeed, I kind of get mean, the it, it really is. It's it is soul crushingly bleak. That's the way I would describe it. I I kind of get the impression that it's like a lot of of TV dramas. Like the one I can think of is watching multiple episodes of I think it was Six Feet Under back to back. It's like you come away feeling like you've experienced something really really interesting and complex but you just everything is terrible and mostly you just feel depressed yeah exactly it's it's kind of like uh you know everything but the last 20 minutes of there will be yes that's a good example it's a very good example (laughs) second week in a row they were the best like second week in a row you've tied everything into that I I'm going to be uh the the Cal Ripken Jr. That's on Netflix uh, now. By the way. references is it? I believe so. Yes. Just I'll just, have to watch. Everybody it watch it. Everybody watch everybody it. Everybody watch it. I I uh, would I would also like to play. I do not want to run Little Fears, but I would be willing to 
play it if I oh, had it. It's one of those that I don't know that I'd be comfortable playing or running. I probably wouldn't. I be- mean, I, I, I mean, it's one of those that I want to, but I don't know that I could literally could could it, it could stay serious with it. Yeah, yeah. a way of coping with it. And uh, coming from Twitter, I'm going to lighten things up a little bit. Um, apparently, uh, the awesome cast on their upcoming episode is going to be talking about how we should format ourselves in the future. So, God only knows what that's going to be. Format ourselves? Them? Or our, our, no, it's, our, us. It's giving us advice. Yeah, they're, they're going to be giving us more advice. I imagine, it, since it's basically, it's probably just going to suggest making Charlie the host. So. I... Wow! No, <laughs> I, I wonder if that that could be a response Just... to the fact that we changed our format last time. But the same, I, I don't know if that's a that's either a joke. Or I'm gonna feel really bad. And well, there is a heart at the end of it, so God, God only knows what it's gonna be like. <laughs> well, I mean that that I'm I'm not saying I I don't believe anyone at the awesome cast would do this, but I I don't know. I'm in the South where people say bless your heart and then say something horrible. So the heart at the end does not necessarily mean it's not bad. It just means I want to get out of jail free card for what I'm saying. <laughs> wow. I do sound like someone who has been uh, mentally... Um, all my relationships have a component of, of abuse. Wow. <laughs> I, yeah, I think that pretty much describes your life, yes. Oh, anyway. Uh, I'm sure it's right. it's wonderful, you know, good fun. And well, not something as as uh, we're we're gonna move on from from the RPG topic of the week. But if those of you listening, if you have your own answers, feel free to uh, send those into podcasts at chainsawbuffet dot com or uh, Twitter at chainsawbuffet or uh, on Facebook, Facebook, or even your own questions because we've got a Absolutely. we've got a list so far but i'm sure we could uh, like any of these questions could open up discussions and i'm sure there's tons more we could come up with yes please do um or just email us to say hi you know whatever it's fine we, we will read it we'll totally read it we just read damn near anything we just just really like hearing from you occasionally and i, I feel like i'm doing like the the parent guilt we know you're out there like, we can hear you I, I know i know you're really busy but Never call and we're we're more like we're more like the neglected uh, child or significant other that that's seeking approval. How are we? How am I gonna know that you're not out there somewhere on the road, Dad? If you don't email us occasionally. (laughs) Wow! I want to email you now. Have Have we done something? (laughs) I don't. Oh wow! Well, you haven't done anything. I'm just saying, you know. If you wow. want to email us, you do want to email us, right? Wow, this is. You know, I don't want to wait till Christmas to see you. It's. <laughs> I think this has just become a pathetic cry for attention. No, this whole episode has gotten progressively darker and darker. What do you think drove the invention of the podcast? <laughs> one of us is going to commit suicide by the end of the podcast. No. Guess which one now? Um... Text. Text your answer to. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong! It's all of us. <laughs> uh, wow. Uh, good times. Um, Can't spell suicide without you and I. <laughs> <laughs> this 
is putting the us in. Oh, time for Dylan <laughs> to quote darkest timeline. No, it's it's all like we'll be off that episode of Community. The thing about the thing about the darkest timeline is it's really it's comically dark. It's not actually dark, except for you know somebody lost a. He lost an arm. An arm. That's right. That's right. Um, Dylan, your segment. You're you're as as yet to be. Wow. Uh, um. So speaking of things that are bleak, I uh, I played the <laughs> first two. I, I just call it Dylan goes dark, and we'll just talk about horrible things. No, <laughs> love it. Speaking of things that are bleak, I played the first two acts of Kentucky Route Zero. Uh, the past week or two. Um, I'm not exactly sure what I played. Um, I mean, that in that uh, you start out uh, making the last uh, furniture delivery for this company that's going, uh, this antique shop that's going under, and you end up uh, driving around a um, a, a non-Euclidean uh, highway that exists, I guess, in the caves below Kentucky. Um, full of people, very lonely, very alienated people, very sad people. It's, it's dark. Um, it's also very surreal. Um, wow. Although Charlie, you're saying, well, I think you would actually, you would actually find this interesting. Um, it's because it's, I'm dark and bleak. No, and just from Kentucky. It's so, it's so surreal. One of them. It's so surreal and bizarre. Um, and, and the fact that it is set in, in a place where you will recognize names either from, you know, movies, books, songs, whatever, or because, you know, you live around there. We live pretty close, you know, the. Um, but it's actually really interesting. It's a point and click adventure game. And to call it a game is kind of misleading because you can't die and there's really no um there's really no challenge there's really no way to lose um but you're constantly creating context by uh having conversations and you're either choosing i I can't tell what what these have an effect on but you're either choosing or focusing on particular parts of each of these characters backstory by the conversations that you choose. Um, you're, you know, you're creating context by, you know, every, like every scene you can have, uh, you can have this discussion with your old dog and, you know, the, it, that changes the tone of, of the scene, even which options you pick. So it's really interesting in terms of storytelling. It's doing something very different from um, what like a Mass Effect or a Walking Dead or even uh, there's a game called Home that I played on Steam where you actually, you make some of these choices where you shape the the world and the the backstory around the character, um, even to the point of determining whether he is a murderer or not. Um, Huh. But... Like there are so many of these choices that um, it's just it's very interesting. It is it is worth playing. It is completely bizarre and surreal. And the the best thing about it is that atmosphere. It, it conveys this very bleak world 
through the use of framing and light and shadow and, and things like that. And it's just really neat to see how they did that with an intentionally very scaled down 3D style. So yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, Charlie and I will be working on on our segments. I have an idea for, for a segment, but I want to try and incorporate a uh, video component to it as well uh, that has my take on the subject, and then I'll let you guys talk about you know whatever you want to from there because that way it's not just me talking and there's some discussion. Um, plus, it'll give me an excuse to actually make some videos, which I am very, very negligent in doing. So wait, um, this is gonna be your segment's gonna have a video component. How's that going? Yeah, like I'll put I'll put it up uh, on the link with the with the with the show every week. Are we gonna like watch the video beforehand and react, or are you going no, to... no? I'll just talk about it on the podcast, and you guys will react then. But there'll also be my own take on it. Okay. On the video. I I see what you're doing. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that that way you know they're they're separate but equal components, and I'm. I, Damn if I'm not going to jerk people around and uh, force them to uh, to to check us out on other mediums. Well, um, as long as you're not jerking them off. I I might I might if the price. If we right. get desperate enough for re- for listeners, sure. If they're hot, you know. Hot um, is a very subjective term. Well, I I'm the subject, so you know that's fine. If, if, you know, whatever. I'm not saying I won't do it. <laughs> um, all right. So, uh, last, last bit of business for the evening. Um, we're going to get to our recommendations. Um, we're going to try on, uh, Patrick's suggestion of managers specials. Um, cause why not? And, uh, you know, if, if somebody else doesn't like it and they think they can do better, you can still suggest it, um, but uh, for for our managers specials this week, uh, does everyone have a recommendation? I imagine you guys probably haven't even thought of it. No, I do. I, I I've started a uh, a note in my Evernote notebook and just writing. Like I've got got a list ideas for different uh, segments and for different recommendations. And just every time we record, I'll just grab one off the list. I've even wrote out all the answers to Chad's questions about RPGs. Wow. Very nice. Well, I'm prepared. prepared. It's not going to last long. Well, well, anyway, what's your recommendation for this week, Dylan? Uh, Boss Monster. This is a card game I had a chance to play in the gaming room at Dragon Con. Um... I believe this this may have been a kickstarted project at some point. The first time I saw it was uh, on ThinkGeek. Um, I think it's actually out of stock right now, but I, I'm I think they're doing another run of it. It is a card game that is inspired by eight bit side scrolling games. So essentially, you you are the boss monster. In every round, you add a new room to your dungeon. That room has certain types of treasure, which uh, attracts certain types of adventurers, and it also does damage to those adventurers. So, ideally, what you want to do is kill as many adventure, lure and kill as many adventurers as possible, and prevent them from getting to you and dealing damage to you. It plays really quick. 
the the style, the art style is this really neat eight bit um, style. So hmm. I really that I love the concept of that. Now there were some, as I recall, there were some video games that sort of treaded that same. Yeah, I think line in the past. Like there was one from Dungeon a Keeper. long. Yeah, that was that's an old one. Never played it, but it like it was fun as I recall. It was a long time ago that I played it though. And I recall there was a, another game that was similar. I think it was called like Evil Genius. It was a PC game that, again, I, that one I never got a chance to play. I bought it, but never could get it to install on my computer. Yeah. Uh, where you played like a Bond villain and you constructed your base and hired henchmen and blah, blah, blah. Chad, do you have a recommendation? Well, my recommendation is actually a website rather than a game or a, uh, or a show. Perfectly fine. Acceptable. Okay. It's it's a very neat blog I've been blo I've been browsing the last few weeks. Uh, just turned a year old. It's called the Food Replicator, and the address is foodreplicator.tumblr.com. It's a uh, blogger who has taken it on themselves to make real world versions of the foods and drinks seen on the Star Trek franchises. Huh. Like there That's are recipes insane. for you know there are recipes for. Um, how to make your own glotzed. It's a Klingon side dish. Hmm. And, or Rokeg blood pie. Oh. With actual blood. <laughs> it's more like a, the, the real world version is more like a blood sausage. Um, but it, it's a very cool blog. I have not gotten to try many of the recipes. Um, there is actually, a, there are a couple really good ones I really want to, want to try down the road, but, um, until then, you can uh, always browse the site and and look it over. Um, Charlie. Yes. Recommendation. Um, I'll give two quick ones. Uh, my first one is I highly recommend you get in on some oxytocin. It's a uh, it's a hormone that is released when you hug or kiss someone. Uh, it's also a stress hormone, but it kind of apparently there are some there's some decent medical benefits. Um, past Can I kiss you? Benefits to anyone. Um, I, it's not a silver bullet for uh, as some people have claimed, but it's it's worth looking into. So, and then my second one is I highly recommend you go to YouTube and uh, look up Ilvis Y L V I S. It's a Norwegian comedy duo uh, that have done some English language music videos that are extremely funny. Um, I'm I, I'm getting in on the tail end of it because, and I'm sad to say this, they've already appeared on Ellen. Which well, what does the fox say is has kind of become a meme. Yeah, it's, but it's the new Gangnam stuff. You yeah. discovered something that may be better than that. Oh, good point. Well, no, I would do want to bring up that the what the fox say is actually very funny, but. They've done some others that I think are extremely funny, and when, including one that uh, incorporates dubstep. Dubstep and show tunes. Yes. So don't if if all you know of them is what the fox say, please go to YouTube and and look at some of their other stuff. Some of it's extremely funny. Yes, the other, and this was thanks to NPR of all of all things. Uh, if if you thought you knew Black Betty the song, I highly recommend you look up Tom Jones's 
cover of that like, thing. I, I think he he uses the combination of a fisheye lens and a wide-eyed stare, and it is not doing him any favors. Oh no, no this this is it is awesome for so many reasons. And you get to I, see an old dude being creepy to a bunch of younger women. Yes, it is an old. You are you are watching the transformation of an old Welsh crooner into a uh, into a. Uh, Dirty old millen- man. D- well, no, into a millennial rapper, um, kind of R and B song. It, it, you, I cannot. Here's here's the way I I describe it to one person. It is a rice crispy treat of uh, weird, cloaked in chocolate amazing. It there there are very few words to describe it, but look it up and you will be glad you did. So I guess my recommendations are uh, hug somebody and watch some Tom Jones and let some Norwegians make you laugh. Um, can can you uh, did, can you take oxytocin? Is is there a supplement for those of for those no. of us who can't get it the natural way <laughs> for the, the hug intolerance? Dylan is in fact hug averse. Um, so if you see Dylan, force yourself upon him. Hug the shit out Just of him. Just hug the ever-loving hell out of him. Just be careful because he may burst into flames. He, or he, he will, or he punching. will try and hit you. Yeah, he will try and hit you. Yeah. Well, no, he possibly will, all of the ranger. He'll try to hit you if he's one. If 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 you are one of us, he will hit you. But if you are a complete stranger, um, or female, he will not hit you. Uh. It's if less you're female, less... he'll spontaneously combust. No, it's less weird if it's highly it's, flammable. It's more weird if a dude is rags. All right, listeners, if if you or someone you know is going to be in the Atlanta area next weekend oh, for Anime no, Week in Atlanta, no. please just go up and hug Dylan. Like put put a free hug sign on his no, back. I don't know. No. Just, it's for your health. We're, we're gonna Dylan. start a Kickstarter called the Hug a Dylan Project. We're asking for oh, let's say a hundred thousand dollars. Um, I don't know what the project's gonna do, but give us money. Uh, yes, just just give us give us money. How about that? Yeah, it's the hug and we're, project we're get, will work by making bullsh- the rest of us independently wealthy. We're not gonna bullshit you like some of these other Kickstart projects. We're just gonna tell you up front we're gonna use we're gonna take the booze and video games and to pay our debts. Yep. So hey, to run off to South America. Yes. So Chainsaw Buffet is the podcast that is not going to bullshit you about what we're doing with your money. That's 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 for damn. How how many how many podcasts can you say that about? Not enough. (laughs) Um. And for my recommendation this week, I'm going to uh, stay with my promise of shilling for people that have been on this show. Um. It is also of the YouTube variety, so Chad, my apologies. Um, but for those of you uh, not who really have sorry. not done, those of you who have not done so already, please check out uh, Shelf Life on YouTube. It stars uh, Tara Platt, Yuri Lowenthal, and Travis Willingham, all of whom who have been on this podcast uh, at various points in time. Um, also has uh, D. Bradley Baker in it, and other voice actors make cameo appearances here and there. Uh, very funny. Uh, first three seasons are up, I think, and they're uh, working on the fourth. The videos are pretty short, like three, four, or five minutes. 
Um, so please check those out, support those guys, um, follow them on Twitter. You got no reason um, not to. Yeah, you've got no reason not to. You'd be they're, watching they're cat coming. videos otherwise, so. Right. You know, while 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 you're there watching uh, Norwegians and Tom Jones, uh, just go ahead and, and throw them a good a point. Like, a yeah, and a comment. You're gonna be there when anyway. you're already there. Yeah. Don't be an asshole. Don't be a dick. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. Um, but I think that's it for this week. Um, I believe so. Uh, I know Dylan and Charlie are going to be at AWA. I'm not going to be able to make it. Um. But um, say hi to them. Like I said, hug the shit out of Dylan. Um, no. We will hopefully... No, no, no. Just make sure you do <laughs> no, it under no, a sprinkler. No, 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 um, We will uh, hopefully still uh, keep the trains running on time. But if not, that's why. Um, but in the meantime, uh, email us. Uh, you know, Give us attention. Give us your money. Um Whatever. Mostly I, just I, money. I, that's what we're in it um, for. If you have a rich uncle that's looking for a business investment, send him our way. A um, rich and gullible uncle. Yeah. We've always paid yeah. off for the uh, the savvy investor. Who's yes. who's invested in us? Um, uh, we've invested in ourselves. We're emotionally invested in us, and when is it not paid off? Don't don't invest in yourself, Dylan. Invest in the me that invests in you. <laughs> Hi! Wow! I've 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 bought a lot of technical equipment for this podcast, and uh, and it's paid off you because know, you have a, friends as a result. In a, in a manner of speaking, it's paid off. Um, it, it's paid off. It has paid off literally in friendship. Yep. Yes, full on friendship. Uh, <laughs> um, not money though, and <laughs> certainly not. Um, quite the opposite. So, so what you're uh, saying is your rich uncle can give us money, and he will, he will be his friend. Wow, that sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, if, if if your relatives like you know Bill Gates or Tom Brady or something, you know, your logic is internally consistent, but uh, wait, wait, we're asking we're asking them to spend less than one percent of their total net. Uh, wealth on an annual basis on us. So why not? Why why not us? For the for the for the simple price of the of, of a cup of coffee a day, you can get a, a, a cup of coffee for everyone in America for a day. Yeah, uh, you can you can make us rich and wealthy, so we don't have to put up with this bullshit. See? Um, don't you want? Anyway, um, that's that's it for this week. Until next time, everybody, remember. Whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, you're still an asshole. <laughs> <laughs>